Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello everyone, my name is Manpreet and welcome to this week's Through the Noise podcast where we put recent market events in context and identify investment opportunities. Now, risk assets have staged a strong rally since the middle of October. Uh, The main driver, as we now know, has been growing expectations since the last U.S. inflation release that U.S. inflation may have peaked for the cycle um, and which in turn raised expectations that they should enable the Fed to slow the pace of rate hikes. Now, it's not only been risk assets that have rallied, but we've seen long-term U.S. government bond yields and the U.S. dollar pull back as well over the past month or so. Now, have we seen the peak in bond deals and the dollar for the cycle? And perhaps equally interestingly, have equity mark- is the equity market rally sustainable? Now, to discuss these issues, I have with me today Rajat, who runs our macro strategy team. So, welcome Rajat. Thanks for joining us. And let's start with the question that perhaps is at the top of everyone's mind, uh, the equity market rally. Do you believe it has legs or is this just another bear market rally? Hi, Manpreet. Uh, yes, that's a, a big question now, isn't it? So in a nutshell, we think the ongoing US and European equity market rallies have likely run their course. Benchmark indices in those markets are approaching technical resistance levels. This week's weaker than expected business confidence indicators, and by that I mean the PMIs, imply that the probability of US and Euro area recessions remains high. While investors have cheered a likely slowdown in the pace of Fed rate hikes since October's U.S. inflation data missed expectations, as you mentioned, we believe corporate earnings downgrades are a bigger risk to U.S. and Euro area equities in the coming year, as the Fed and the ECB keep tightening financial conditions, albeit at a slower pace. On technical charts, the S&P 500 is testing the key 200-day moving average from where two earlier rallies this year faded. The Eurostox 50 index is just about 2% away from the April high of 4025. Okay, thanks, Rajat. I think that's that's definitely helpful from a technical standpoint. But what about the fundamental side? What are, what are fundamentals telling us about markets? And, and more importantly, what do they mean for Fed policy going forward from here? On balance, Manpreet, uh, fundamental data continues to deteriorate. U.S. manufacturing and services PMIs fell below 50, signaling contraction in underlying activity for the first time since the peak of the pandemic in 2020. Euro area composite PMIs remain below 50 for the fifth month in a row, although US durable goods orders were resilient, suggesting strong capex. Continuing jobless claims have risen for the sixth week in a row as companies, most prominently in the technology sector, reduce headcount. Nevertheless, we do not expect the Fed to be deterred by initial signs of weakness in the job market. U.S. job openings remain close to their record high. Too high for the Fed's comfort, I must say, as high demand for workers is boosting wages at a time when the supply of labor remains constrained by the departure of a record number of 55-plus-year-old workers from the job market since the pandemic. Next year's job openings Next week's, I should say, next week's job opening, jolts, numbers, and the non-farm payrolls data will be a major focus, with the consensus expecting 200,000 net new jobs created in November. Unless the jobs data underwhelms by a wide margin, 
the Fed is likely to keep hiking over the coming months, albeit at a slower pace than the last four 75 basis point hikes, with an aim to cool the job market and wages. We thus expect the Fed rate to peak around 5% by June next year. Given this, we believe consensus estimates of around 6% uh, U.S. earnings growth and 1% euro-area earnings growth in 2023 are not yet adequately pricing in the coming economic downturn. Okay, so if we pull that fundamental backdrop together with the technicals you described, uh, what does that mean for, for investors? What are the investment implications and how should investors respond? Yeah, the backdrop I just painted argues for fading the rally in US and Euro area equities. This is this is our key call for this week's market view and rebalancing into income assets, particularly developed market investment grade corporate bonds, which are now offering a better risk reward balance than equities. They are offering some of the highest yields in, in a decade almost. For example, our diversified income basket for investors taking moderate risk is yielding close to 7%. We now have a stronger conviction that the US 10-year government bond yield has likely peaked in the cycle. While this does not rule out short-term rebound in yields, it strengthens the case for adding exposure to high-quality bonds. This also means, by the way, that the broad US dollar has also likely peaked in the cycle. Although we still see a near-term bounce as the dollar index approaches a key support level and the euro, which is the, the counterpart to the big dollar, approaches a key resistance close to 105. Okay, no, thanks for that. Uh, what about uh, China and indeed Asia X Japan assets? I know we're, we're a bit more constructive in this area. So can you help our listeners understand you know, what drives that, con- that uh, greater constructive view? Yes, that's right. In fact, we believe this week's uh, consolidation that we've seen in Asia X Japan equities and Asia dollar bonds is another opportunity for investors seeking alternatives after fading the rally in US and Euro area equities. While the resurgence in mainland China COVID cases have led to mobility curbs there, likely delaying further easing into spring next year, let's say. Authorities there continue to ease monetary, fiscal, and credit policy to revive growth. We actually expect China's central bank to cut bank reserve requirements after the state council, which is China's cabinet, signals such a move this week. This would follow last week's easing of property sector measures and this week's liquidity boost for developers. These measures are likely to put a floor under the depressed property sector. China's Central Work Conf- Conference uh, in, in December is likely to deliver a coordinated plan to revive growth. Given China's sustained policy support, Asia Japan equities, now trading at around 12 times 12 month forward PE, and Asia dollar bonds, which are yielding above 7%, close to their 13 year high, remain attractive, especially for investors with a 6 to 12 month horizon. All right. And finally, just looking at the week ahead, we have quite a few uh, you know, key events. I know Fed Chair Powell's scheduled to make a speech, but what, what are the key events and data points that you're keeping an eye on just over the next week? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mentioned the, the U.S. jobs data. Uh, and there, the one thing is that non-farm, uh, non-farm payrolls, I mentioned 200,000 jobs. Now, we need to watch that one. Uh, if there's a big miss, of course, 
the, then there is a more uh, the stronger case for the Fed to go slow from there. Then you have the U.S. core PC deflator, which, as you know, is is the one which is preferred by the Fed to measure the gauge the underlying inflation. The consensus for the core PC is around five percent. Why why why? So yearly annual change of five percent. Again. Uh, big misses or big positive surprises uh, could move markets. Uh, you mentioned uh, Fed Powell's speech. Uh, we are waiting to hear from him after all this run-up in uh, equity markets uh, over the last one month. Uh, he has typically come in, 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 the, in the earlier this year and tried to douse some of those expectations that the Fed will go slow. So we'll have to wait. I, I suspect, and this is what our team also believes, is that he's going to keep at it, as he said, uh, for now. I, I, I doubt whether he's going to be too dovish at this point. And then there's the ISM manufacturing uh, PMI data, uh, which is now uh, signaling, at least the consensus is signaling a contraction for the first time in this in this uh, post-pandemic uh, uh, cycle. And we also need to watch the China PMI data. They have been very weak because of the renewed COVID cases and the slowdown there, any further weakness is going to further encourage the authorities there to provide more policy stimulus, which should be positive for the risk assets in China. Okay, thanks very much, Rachat, for that overview. Um, and thank you, listeners, uh, of course, for taking the time to listen to us. If I can summarize the key takeaways from the conversation with Rajat, I mean, a, a few things, of course, stand out to me. The big one, of course, being that equity is potentially running up against some tech, strong technical resist, resistance. So uh, we'd be biased to use the opportunity to rotate into high-quality income assets. Um, you know, the dollar, of course, but, uh, you know, potentially similar story, but, uh, you know, in the short term, at least, you know, could end up bouncing from, from short term support and Asia, of course, being one, you know, particular region of conviction. So we'll pause it there. Uh, thank you again for, for listening, listening to us this week and, and we wish you a great week ahead. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.